Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, March 7, 2023. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, the first thing we have is Jerry's testimony. And the market actually moved this morning as soon as the testimony began and his prepared statements were released. We're not going to focus on what Jerome Powell said, what was said and interpreted based on interest rates that effectively impacted the price of stocks today. What we're going to do is take a look at the bond chart and not worry about what Jerome Powell said and what the interpretation is, but we're going to find out for ourselves what's happening with yields, what's happening with bonds, and where are they headed. We don't need the Fed to tell us. The market is going to tell the Fed exactly where interest rates are headed. That's the way it works. Stay tuned for that one. Let's now circle back to the daily chart of the SPY and let's do our assessment. What's jumping off the page? What happened? Well, not to be Captain Obvious, but let's start with the reversal candle today on significantly more volume than recently. When I use the term significantly, I'm using it against the recent volume and the average volume, and you can see today it exceeded both. That's a puzzle piece. That's on the table. That indicates that there was some additional participation in the market. Obviously, on the downside, we had some institutional participation. What does the candle tell us? What does the chart tell us? Well, what we can say from yesterday is the market ran up, through to run a test of the 20-period moving average, filled a gap up north, and fell away today in a reversal-type fashion, giving up the last breakup candle low in the sequence from the third. The low is 399. They closed below it today. That's another puzzle piece that says to us, hey, has something changed with the current complexion slash character of the market? Well, let's focus on the bigger picture and we'll drill down from there. The first thing we note, and for bigger picture, we always go to the larger time frame. In this case, it's the weekly chart. And we'll note the bigger picture says, as long as she's above the trend line, she's in a bullish slash pullback mode. Dropping below the trend line, that's also called Irene. Why? Because if she drops below the trend line and confirms below, not just a dip below, not just another test, but if she gives up the trend line, closes below it, not only on the day, but on the week, that's going to be an Irene situation for another leg lower. Is that process or can that process be underway right now? And the answer is sure it can, but the market's going to have to do some stuff before that happens. So let's take the next step and say, all right, well, at the end of the day, they gave up the last breakup candle low in the sequence. They were rejected at the 20 period moving average. They had a reversal day on volume. Where did they go and where are they now? And is it at a critical point? And the answer is, sure it is. They filled the gap left open from the second. That number officially 
is 397.81. Today's low was 397.63. They closed above the gap, so they officially filled the gap. Now, here's the thing. If they start getting below that number, below the price of that gap, 397.81, that's going to open the door for another leg lower. Not necessarily to the trend line, but the market will continue with the downside pressure. Now, let's peel back the onion a little bit. Let's think about what we've got on our hands. If we had a fake-out operation and signals are pointing to not necessarily a fake-out operation right now with the volume and the giving up of the last breakup candle low in the sequence, they closed on the 50-period moving average. They've been back and forth through that a few times recently, so it's really not important like it would be if they came from afar. But keep this in mind. It could be a fake-out operation, could have one day down on Jerome Powell's testimony and the next day up on a reinterpretation, a walk back of whatever the heck went on today, tomorrow in the second day of testimony. That happens. Don't discount that away. It's certainly a possibility. But the fact that we had a bigger down candle today, and when I say bigger, you benchmark it against the candles that exist that are similar. Here's one, the market went down. Here's one, they ran a test, but the market went down. Here's one, the market went down, but it popped back up, so that doesn't really count. Here's one, same routine. Here's one that was a retest, kind of a mixed bag, if you will, of larger candles. We'll see what this one produces. There's no definitive anything on the chart. What I'm doing in real time is looking at what's prevalent on the chart what can we use that's important in the chart and tie it back to the market does the same stuff over and over and over again. You can't always read it to the T every single day, but when you see big candles, you want to say, hey, is there a pattern in place? I'm not sure we see a definitive pattern, but certainly a reversal candle finishing poorly on the day, meaning near or at the lows, is another signal that we can use in the bucket of signals. The volume, the reversal, the breakup candle low, the rejection at the 20 period moving average. Not only did they get rejected today, but let yesterday also, you'll notice that when they spiked through it, they came right back underneath. That 20 period moving average is important. And what have we discussed before? That turns the daily chart back into the trend is your friend until she throws your shit out the window. So for now, leaving the daily chart for a moment, we're going to say that this price here, 397.81, is likely going to be our early pivot on Wednesday. If they're anywhere near there, that's going to be an important place for them to stay above and recapture some stuff above. Inside the number members will have more detail on that in the morning, as well as the live room members will discuss this ad nauseum. And if they're below what may be the pivot tomorrow, inside the number members will have the downside targets and what happens at those targets. When you look at the 240 chart, we just want to take a look-see if there's anything different confirming or not confirming on other charts, other time frames. And you'll notice here that support was found similar to the daily chart at the 50-day moving average. Here, the 240 chart finds support at the convergence, mainly the 100-period 
moving average, but same routine with the numbers. When you look at this also, you have to note we have a high, we have a series of lower highs, and another possible lower high. That's a downtrend by definition and bearish by definition. Of course, you have lows and higher lows also. What does that create? Well, in certain cases, it can create some kind of a triangular pattern, if you will. This is something that's taught in the course Lazy E-Mini Trader. However, if I do this and connect these highs, we're not going to really get a triangle type pattern. That would have to be a downsloping trend line coming through this period here or this high here. But that doesn't work. That's manufactured, so we can't use that. But you'll notice something else when I do this. What does that create? It creates another channel to the downsloping trend line. Interesting of note, puzzle piece on the table. What does that mean? That means that if you start getting above here, that's going to produce another leg higher. Like we said, this is bullish until proven otherwise. Below the trend line, below the downsloping trend line, is bearish. In between, this could be, and we don't know if it is or it isn't just yet, it could be just another pullback in the continued uptrend when you think about the weekly chart today was a down day it wasn't a down week we'll see where the week finishes out if you have follow through tomorrow on wednesday that's going to be somewhat of a confirming type of move for the bear case to be reigniting 120 chart you'll see here that it found support at its 200 period moving average I find it interesting, but not a coincidence, that they find in the different time frames the moving averages end up being support or resistance. That's why we look at a multitude of time frames. Make sense? And then the hourly chart tells the real tale of the intraday activity when you see just a perpetual downtrend with very minimal bounces along the way. It tells the real-time tale. It was a grip-to-the-downside type of situation. Inside the numbers, what I'm going to do is let you read all the notes. I'm going to point out a couple of important things in the interest of time. As you know, I'm getting this video started a little late tonight, and it was a short day for Inside the Numbers. So we'll just highlight the couple of trades in the spirit of something for everybody that existed today. And you'll notice I'll highlight one thing here before the opening bell still. 401.40, that was a next leg lower. And what happened is at 10 o'clock, the market basically opened up the trap door. And they end up going down to around here and lower. That is an area for a bounce back in the other direction. 401.40. We think better in pictures, so right of the vertical is today's activity. You can see here the 401.40, that's where the market fell out of bed came in a little bit lower, finally bounced up, and there were a lot of traders that had participation in the room on that long side trade. So that was a nice trade, but that wasn't the only trade. Stay tuned. Let's scroll up a little bit more and see what happens as the day begins to get underway closer to the opening bell. Starts out at 918 with, here's another thing. Staying below 404.46 on candle closes, keeps the pressure on the downside of the tape. As long as they get below 404, lower prices are coming. Something for everyone. 
Traders who are comfortable being short can do so as long as they stay below 404.46. This is before the opening bell. Above, and you can't be short. Now you'll see, back to the thinking better in pictures, 404.46 is the top line, and you'll see that that also became our pivot, and you'll see that after the opening bell. As long as they stayed below the pivot, that was going to be more downside coming. And here we go up to the opening bell. Anyone short needs to book profit for the scalp portion around yesterday's low around 404. Now that's not a tremendous trade, but it puts something in your pocket for a base hit because they're going to bounce the tape at yesterday's low at least the first or second time down during the initial morning rush type of situation. Nice trade on Billy. We'll get back to stocks on the move later. For now, our pivot is 404.46. They were hovering around it, so what we're saying here is it's still the pivot and someone will need to make a decision sooner than later. They were just eating time off the clock. And then by 10.01, anyone short, you're happy and in the risk-free, emotionless trade, 401.40 is a buy as well as in the zone got to rodeo status, which increases the risk, the Powell risk. So think about this for a second. What we're saying to traders is, you can be short as long as they're below yesterday's closing price. Item number one, where's the buy? 401.40 is the buy. They spiked it a little bit, but they certainly bounced up. So not only is it a buy, but that would also be the final exit on the short. So you pick a scalp off the table and then you let the rest ride for the risk-free emotionless trade. So there were traders that got the double barrel trade again, the two-way trade, the short, and then the bounce back in the other direction for the long trade. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. It was a short day for inside the numbers. I had something to do. It is what it is, a one-man show. That's what happens sometimes. What else we got? We had only three stocks on the move today. It was quiet before the opening bell. F-E-R-G, N-T-N-X, and Billy. How about Ferguson? So you can see what happened here, the manner in which they come close. They have a rip-roaring ride up in the other direction. Then they come back and they do the thing and give you the base hit. The numbers work, but the manner in which was the issue with Ferguson PLC. About Nutanix, same routine. Not the same as Ferguson, but they came into the number. They bounced back in the other direction. They gave you the thing, meaning the significantly more than the base hit. And then you can see they hovered around the number. The numbers work. It's important. They're magnetic, and that's the way it works. About Billy, came into the number, spiked higher. They gave you the trade. Again, participation in the room on Billy. That was a nice one. Nice and quick in minutes. The high here in the second five-minute candle of the day was $20.87. So they gave you the base hit if you wanted it. And then they came back down and gave it to you again. Traders don't want the second bite of the apple generally. What we want is the first hit, best hit. The takeaway, the numbers work. What's going on over in Camp IWM? And here's the situation. These lows are important, coincides with the 50-day moving average. Give up these lows, and this had become a bearish, wedgish kind of thingamajig that will promote another move in the southern direction. If these lows hold, they hold. If they're given up, What's the next number? And the next number really brings you down to a spike below 183 
into these moving averages down here. This breakup candle low at 181.27. So between 182.50, 182.75, and this low here is really where your support is. Remember this one. This is the weekly. This is important. This is the low, 186.83, 186.51 on close today. This is the daily close, not the weekly close. The weekly close is on Friday. That's when it becomes important. If they're going to give this one up, they're coming into these moving averages that we just talked about on the daily chart, and then it opens up a whole new can of worms because if they give these up, it turns the weekly trend back down. That's going to be ominous for everything across the board. The IWM is my favorite market-leading indicator. It's going to depend on this breakup candle low. That's going to tell the tale over the next few days. Can they close above it on the week, or are they really trading away from it during the week, giving the signal that something else is developing? The Q people. What if we stay on the weekly chart of the Qs and we say, hey, they're above this breakup candle low. They're above the 50-day or 50-week moving average, pardon me, this is a bullish pattern, just eating time off the clock. As long as they stay above that 50-period moving average and this breakup candle low at 289.89, she's in a bullish formation for another push higher. Somewhat of a divergence from what we've seen on other charts. You take each chart independent of one another. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Same routine. We're going to stay on the weekly and we're going to say, as long as they're above the 100 period moving average on the weekly chart, that's a bullish formation. Give that up and they start working on this breakup candle low on the weekly chart, 14,139. When you look at the daily chart, here's your low here, 14,639. That's going to open the door into this 50 period moving average and possibly lower. So you narrow things down by looking at different time frames. Remember, everything morphs from a smaller time frame to a larger time frame, but you assess the situation from the larger time frame. So therefore, you have to find the balance of where the market is and what it's doing in real time on each individual chart, shorter to longer and so on. But the financials, this is interesting. Pay attention to this one. Look at the volume, significantly more volume than the average, significantly more than the recent volume. So that's item number one. Put that aside. Put it on a sticky note for sure. Now you have a big time reversal candle. That's item number two. They've already come close to this 100 period moving average. So coming back for a visit, you wouldn't think that there's bona fide support here. There would have been better support had they hit it a few days ago. Now, not so much. The line in the sand is going to be about 34.50. If they can't hold 34.50, 34.56 to be exact, then she's going to come back down into this 200 period moving average, a spike below 34. Heavy volume, big down day in comparison, down 2.5% in the financials. The IWM was down 1%. The spiders were down 1.47%. That's something of note. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Remember, without the financials, the market's not going anywhere. If the financials are not falling apart, the market's unlikely to fall apart. But if the financials are beginning to fall apart, that's again another ominous sign across the board. 
about Smash Mouth, the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index? Well, here's some kind of a channel. It's a bearish type of wedgish channel. And until or unless they can break this to the upside, this is going to produce a move in the lower direction. And if they break this to the lower side, you'll have support at these pivots here. But when things start scaling down, this moving average comes into view and some other stuff. Because what will begin to happen, this is the weekly chart. If this bullish pattern, there's a divergence between current and the weekly chart. This bullish pattern, if that begins to fall apart and it no longer exists, and therefore price is down here somewhere, that's going to change the complexity, complexion, and character of the weekly chart, the larger time frame. You have a convergence of moving averages down here, but things won't look so rosy across the board when the financials or if the financials are down another 10, 12 points from where they are at close today. The bond market. Talked about interest rates, talked about Powell. I just want to go over what the bond charts are saying. We'll look at yields and bonds. This is the 30-year treasury bond. So they had an opportunity to bounce off this 200-period moving average and keep going. However, they've begun to fail. So we have no choice but to look at this as somewhat of a bearish pattern that's eating time off the clock, not out of the woods yet, until they break this away. Really, until they get above 136, this breakdown candle high, we can begin taking some of this bearishness off the table. But until that happens, this is headed with downward pressure, likely going to make another low or at least retest the lows. What does that mean for the yields? What does that mean across the board in real life? 30-year treasury yield. We could look at the 10-year also, but the charts look the same. So we'll stay on the 30-year, and here's what we'll say. This is a bullish pullback slash eating time off the clock pattern flaggish pattern, call it whatever you want. While this is going on, this is telling you that there's likely one more breakout, at least one more breakout to the upside out of this pattern until or unless this pattern no longer exists. Where does it no longer exist? Well, they're going to have to start getting below this area here, this breakup candle low around the 200 period moving average. But right now, they're above it and they're eating time off the clock. Now, keep in mind, this is a long-term chart. This is a monthly chart. This is the sixth month of eating time off the clock. Are we getting into an on-time type of situation shortly? Is the bond market trying to tell everybody that they're still higher yields coming, whether they're Fed-induced or market-induced, it doesn't really matter. Price is the absolute arbiter. I'm familiar with the whole inverted yield curve discussion and short rates and all that stuff, Fed fund rates, two-year, all that stuff I'm familiar with, but I don't care as much about it as some other traders because I just look at these longer-term charts, where are yields headed, which is the opposite of the price of bonds, and it kind of tells the whole picture of what the Fed's going to do, what the sentiment's going to be. As long as yields are continuing higher, that means essentially liquidity is coming out of the market and less liquidity equals less easy money, less buy the dip crowd, all that stuff until once they decide to stop 
pulling liquidity from the market. But while they're pulling it, it's downward pressure on equities under normal garden variety type of markets and situations. Have I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you? Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.